but nothing like worship wrecking you. So um, we'll try not to be emotional. Um, <clears throat> I bet you weren't expecting to see me today, um, and I wasn't expecting to uh, be here, but the Lord had other plans. And um, during that song, it said, dry bones awaken. And that's kind of what the Lord's really laid on my heart this year is um, to step out of my comfort zone and do what he's called me to do. <clears throat> and um, so here I am being obedient. And uh, then uh, uh, I just started journaling a lot more again this year. And uh, it's just funny how the Lord just makes things stand out to you that maybe you've read a billion times and it just hasn't stood out. And so, um, <coughs> sorry, I've kind of had a throat thing going this week, so that's just added to. Um, I'd like to open up with uh, Ephesians 4.16. <coughs> For his body has been made formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given a divine, given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Um, that part is very easy because we all know we are the body. The church is the body. And that's easy because that's us, we, uh, the crossing, and I love that because he has called us jointly, but he's also called us individually. And so that's the hard part is learning what that looks like for me. And um, I, uh, I tend to kind of hide in the shadows and jump on the wave of the momentum that is going on here at the crossing. And that can be through uh, service weekend or the Grinch or the many other things that we do uh, through the crossing. And it's just real easy to jump in and hide and uh, just kind of stay back behind but be able to be a part and uh, just right, right away. That's just what the Lord just kept showing me is that I was just riding a wave. And uh, hearing that song about Dry Bones Awaken. That's where I've been. In that hiding, those were dry bones. And they're going to be woken. So here we go. <laughs> um, I know in my heart that uh, the Lord has given the crossing um, a mission and a purpose. And uh, I bet, you know, you've probably never heard it. But uh, it's to be a place where we can belong even before you believe. And if you're around us long enough, you're going to believe and then uh, begin your walks with Jesus, and then everyone has a next step. And so it's to begin your next steps. And so we've heard that every Sunday forever, and um, I love that. But what about me? What is my calling? What is he asking me to do? And what happens if I don't do that? And um, <clears throat> so uh, I have tried to uh, step back take a few breaths, and, you know, really consider what that looks like. You know, um, we hear all the time that uh, God's called me to this or to that, 
and I do not even know uh, what that looks like sometimes. I can't put into words what that looks like. And, uh, but I do know this. He says to love the, oh, sorry, I missed a scripture. Um, God's gift, not scripture, sorry, uh, no. God's gift and callings on me are as in individual as I am. And he, uh, we have several things that may look similar, but what he's called me to do may look different, and I can't look to anyone else to learn what that is. I have to seek him and what he desires. And uh, John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce la lasting fruit that, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. He chose you. He chose me. And I love that. He chose me to go and produce lasting fruit. Hiding in the shadows, I'm not producing fruit like I should. And so uh, then the next scripture is Isaiah. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you and I have called you by name. And um, it's not just... We as a whole, he individually calls us by name. He has his, our names written on his hands. He has special purpose for all of us. And um, like I said, I don't always, can't always put that into words. But what I do know is he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor. Now, we can do that. Love God and love people. It really is that simple when you boil it all down. It's to love God. That part seems a little easier to me, that I can choose to follow him. I can choose to get up and have my quiet time with him. I can choose to uh, listen and obey. But uh, the hardest part, I think, is um, the love people part. And uh, this is me. It's too peopley outside, and uh, I tend to get that way, and uh, I, I, I have to look, step back, and look at uh, what causes that, and um, I, um, I loved my dad, and I was a daddy's girl, I was the youngest of three, and uh, he, I would climb up in his lap every night till I was probably 15, and he wasn't a big talker, but I would just sit there. He would read the paper or watch the news. We'd probably chit-chat a little bit. I don't remember any, like, deep conversation, life-changing conversations. What I remember is how I felt when I crawled up in his lap. I felt peace. I felt comfort. I felt protected. I knew um, no matter what was going on in my world, that was where I wanted to be. And so when I look at um, my Papa Daddy, my Heavenly Father, that's what I picture, that I crawl up in his lap, I listen to his heartbeat, I get still, I find that peace. But as I'm listening to that heartbeat, that's when I know and I find confidence to go out and do what he's told me to do, what he's called me to do. And... Um, 
So in that, I have learned that um, I get to this point of it's too peoply outside when I haven't crawled up in his lap or I haven't taken the time. And also, I tend to, and I don't know if this is everybody or if it's just me, I'm a little bit more of an introvert than Victor. I don't know if you know that. But uh, when, when we've had a real busy season of just day after day after day after day after day of just stuff that happens and, and you know, you're just dealing with lots of people and stuff, I tend to really fall back into this that it's too peopley and I need a break. And so what I have to do is look at it and say, am I uh, climbing up in my father's lap? Am I really um, seeking him and listening and finding that peace and that comfort in him? Or am I allowing me to step out and pull back because it's too peopley outside and not fully engage in what he's called me to do? And um, I've learned about myself that there's a fine line of, um, stepping back and, you know, he desires us to take Sabbath, to take time away, um, to be with him, to, uh, just regain our, uh, get filled back up when we have, uh, emptied out so much and, uh, that's his desire, but I tend to take it, you know, one side of the pendulum over here and he desires us to kind of move here. I go way over here, not just even, but I go way up, and uh, that's very dangerous for me. Uh, when the girls were little and Victor was traveling all the time, I was home by myself. We homeschooled, so I was mom, dad, principal, teacher, everything, and so I just found myself almost in a depression, and I learned that I had to go be around people. That was a life gate for me. And, um, again, my dad didn't know, but um, that was a safe place for me to go. I could go sit and visit. We didn't necessarily talk about anything. We may watch TV. We might watch the news. We might go for a walk. The big thing was that was my line, and I knew if I didn't cross back over and move forward, then I was going to fall into a deep depression. And let me tell you, isolation and seclusion is a very, very dangerous place. And so he doesn't want us to go there. And so if you find yourself uh, in that place of um, not sure, you know, if you're needing to step back, if you're needing to climb up in his lap, or if you're just needing two people, that is a, a strong place to be. And um, <coughs> I, as I was studying this, I listened to a message and this man had three points, and um, they fit perfectly for what the Lord was showing me. Not necessarily uh, his points. They were his points. The meat behind the points are different. But um, there's some reasons why we uh, tend to um, fall back into the shadows and not step up to the plate and do what he's called us to do. And one of those is um, I don't know how. This one, this one gets me because I allow 
the voices in my head to say, you're not educated, you can't do that. No one will listen to what you have to say. It's not important. People, they've heard it. They don't need to hear it again. And um, so I, I tend to pull back and allow the enemy to keep me in that place of uh, not following through what the Lord's called me to do. That's one thing I love about Victor. I have always said, and you've probably heard me say it, that he can do anything. We had a, uh, we're going to do a, a ball. And so, you know, I took dance when I was in middle school. And so I thought, this is going to be the thing that I can do and Vic can't do as well. But that man, he really can do anything. And, you know, we took lessons. He picked it up. I was awkward. He did it better than I did. I was like, come on. But the reason why he's that way is he's not afraid to try. He's not afraid of failure. He's not afraid to uh, just step out and learn. It takes, you know, we watched videos. We went to someone who uh, was an expert in those fields. He, he's not afraid to do all the research he needs to do to learn how to do whatever it is he can't do. And um, so, you know, I, I'm learning that. I'm learning to uh, to YouTube things that I don't know how to do or um, find people that know how to do it so that I can glean from their expertise. But uh, I love Luke 12:12 12, 12 in the Passion Translation. Simply be confident and allow the spirit of wisdom to access your heart. And in that very moment, he will reveal what you are to say to them. It's simple. It's that simple. Be confident Allow the spirit of wisdom to speak to your heart. And um, <coughs> I think it's important that we slow down and that we access what the spirit has for us and allow uh, him to be our teacher. I took a class one time, and um, one of the girls that was in the class with me, she was very um, academic. Like she, she could read something once, and she knew it. Or, you know, she just, she had all the answers. They were all right. And uh, I did what I normally did, and I shriveled off to the bathroom and hid because I didn't want to have to answer any questions. And uh, while I was in there, the Lord showed me this, that the Holy Spirit is my teacher. And he will bring to my mind what I need to know, when I need to know it, and how to execute that to, the, to my audience. And it could be a, uh, a huge array of, you know, it may be presented one way to this group of people, but this way to this group of people, and it's still his truth, but it's where they will understand it. And so I just have to trust that. Um, the second thing is I don't have it. And uh, this one probably gets me because... I'm not as educated as some. Um, I did not, I started college. I did not finish college. And um, I don't speak like other people speak. I get tongue-tied. I get emotional. I get, you know, the whole array of excuses. But then, wait, didn't Moses say the same thing? I love it. In uh, Exodus 4.12, it says, Then Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not good with words. I never have be been. And I'm not now. 
even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get all tangled up. Well, that is me to the T. I, I get so, I don't know if it's nerves or what, but I get so anxious that I don't, I'm not able to convey what I'm wanting to say. And uh, I love that, that Moses, of all people, was right there. But what I didn't see is what the Lord had already spoken to him back in chapter 3, of uh, verse 12. <clears throat> God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. Did y'all catch that? When you have brought the people out, you know, we're really good about saying, God, give me a sign, give me a sign. Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do this? God told Moses, when you have brought the people out. So it's not necessarily that our sign is going to be prior to It is going to be maybe after, but he is going to show us that he was with us. We know he's with us. He's promised that he will not leave or forsake us. But we tend to think, okay, Lord, I'll do it, but you have to show me ahead of time. But he had already told Moses, even Moses just wasn't hearing. And I've probably read that verse a hundred times, but that really stuck out to me this week. And uh, <coughs> Moses had to learn to uh, just take baby steps and uh was obedient, and that's that's hard sometimes. I uh, think of obedience, and we, um, I don't know, I was probably 19 or 20 when we went on staff with CMA, and we went to Daytona Bike Week, and uh, that's not like Polk County, y'all. There is stuff that happens there that no one should see, and here I am, a young girl from Polk County that probably had maybe a handful of times been out of Polk County. And God takes us to Daytona Beach. And uh, if you can say something's out of your comfort zone, that was out of my comfort zone. And we, um, CMA would set up in a storefront and uh, you would witness to people out on the street and then if they wanted, you could bring them in, get them a cup of coffee, and just finish your conversation. And I am not the evangelist my husband is. He can talk to anybody, and I am not. And so I tend to um, wait, again, wait, hold back. But the Lord showed me this woman, and we started a conversation, and she ended up in the storefront, and we probably talked for an hour I was able to lead her to the Lord, and uh, it was such a sweet moment. We left, and I don't know, time went by, I don't know how much time, but I was still inside the storefront, and this man came in, and he was not happy. Something had happened to his wife, and she was not the same person that she was when she came in. In no uncertain terms, said he would get my throat out. 
that's scary. <laughs> that is very scary to this 20-year-old, hardly ever out of Polk County girl that, uh, I mean, I would fight with my brothers, but um, I didn't know how to fight. And so uh, <coughs> that was very scary. But, and uh, I probably was a little embarrassed because when he came in yelling, it was like all eyes turned to me. And so, you know, not only are you terrified, then everybody's looking at you. And, but the Lord was there and he rose up. And I, I had this boldness and it was like, go ahead. You know, and it was just so neat that, you know, the obedience is scary and it's hard. I didn't want to stand up. I didn't want to say what it was that I needed to say at that time. But my favorite like in First uh, Samuel, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. And that is a sweet spot. There's reward there, and uh, it fills you up. When you feel like you just can't do it, he's in that obedience, he fills you up, and he moves you forward. And um, Jason brought up a point a few weeks ago when we were talking about fasting, about Moses being in the wilderness and needing a road out. And uh, I don't know if everybody caught this. It seemed to be like the buzz for that week of he's not going to make a highway, as we might think. It may be this quiet little path that he's leading us to. And uh, I can just imagine Moses with the millions of people that he was leading out of Egypt, he wasn't looking for a little small path. He was looking for a major thoroughfare. But the Lord, in his faithfulness, showed him one path, and then another, and then another. And with each obedient step, the Lord guided him, and he was able to lead the millions. And... Um, <coughs> Vic and I used to uh, hike Earthquake Trail. I don't know if you know, it's the steep hill going up the mountain. And uh, that was a love-hate relationship for me. It was, uh, I loved it after it was over. And I was back to my car and, you know, breathing heavy and red-faced and feeling like I was going to die. I loved that part because it was done. I hated that first trek straight up. And um, I uh, would focus on everything I could think of. But all I could do is look and think, I am never going to make it up this mountain. It is too high. It is too uh, treacherous. And I, I can't do it. And so I would think of every excuse I could to turn and run and go back. You know, going down is a lot easier than going up. I don't know if you know that, but uh, anyway, I would just, I would say, okay, I got to stop. And he was like, we just stopped two feet back. I'm like, yeah, but I got to stop again, you know. And, and what I learned, the more we walk that trail, the easier it got for me, a little bit of because of the stamina, but it's because I'd stopped looking at the steep and all the uh, ways I was going to fall off that mountain. But I watched his feet. And where he stepped, I stepped. 
And if he stepped over something, I knew to step over that. And before you knew it, we were at the highway. And yes, I was huffing and puffing, but we had made it up. And so what I learned was this. We must watch his feet and step where he stepped to get us over the mountain that's in front of us. We can't do it on our own. We have to do what he's called us to do. And that really does look different for each of us. It's not, um, it's just not going to be the same. As much as we would like it, for some reason we think we need to be like everyone else. Well, when you look across the broad, vast uh, world of humanity and all the people, we're all different. And so he's called us all to do things differently. And uh, the third thing is I'm not like them. Now, this one gets me probably more than any of them because <coughs> I allow comparison to hold me back more than anything. I compare myself to um, others in so many different ways. I don't look like them. I don't talk like them. I'm not educated like them. I, there's just a plethora of things that keep me held back and not allow me to uh, to do all that he's called me to do, and um, I allow fear to just jump in and, and take over of, you're going to mess that up, you're going to misquote that, you're going to, and it's all the enemy's tactics to keep me from doing what he's called me to do, and uh, I, I, when I started looking at all of this this year and asking the Lord to use me, I look back at the scripture and I would see the men and women who did great things and I would be like why not me Lord why not me but then I realized they're real people they questioned they gave excuse after excuse after excuse they were sinners they messed up but God used them and so that's where I want to be I want to be where uses me in whether it's here or one-on-one -on -one or at the grocery store and what I have learned is since I've been um, walking through that this year God has given me more opportunity to speak to people and to share in their lives than ever before and so I love that so what I have to do is I have to get out of my head wholeheartedly for the Lord. Quit allowing comparison and the what ifs to get in my way. And uh, I uh, have learned to do that just one step at a time. And as much as, uh, as scary as that is for me, I've learned that God's faithful. And so he's going to be faithful in this step. And he's going to be faithful in this step. He's going to be faithful in this step. And so my job is to be faithful in each of those steps, not to uh, let the what ifs step in and, and keep me from it. So today is the day. I am no more. Those dry bones are waking up. And I want to um, stand and allow the Lord to use me in whatever way that looks like. It's not going to look like your way. And 
It may not look the way I think it's going to look, but he's going to use you. And so my prayer is that we would all uh, step out. He gives us the desires of our heart, and sometimes we don't even understand what that looks like, but we just need to take that first step. So um, I just want to pray this morning and uh, just pray with me and ask the Lord, what is your part? Lord, why not me? Why not me? You've used all of those men and women of the Bible. You're using people left and right today. So why not me? What do I need to do to step up and to step out and do what you've called me to do? So, Lord, why not me? I want to be used by you for your glory. I, I repent for not stepping up and uh, allowing you to be my guide. I look to others for my confidence, and I should have been looking at you. My choice today is to crawl up in your lap, take time to listen, to hear your heartbeat, and to do what you've called me to do. I trust that you are faithful, and I lean into you. When I do that, my fears and my lack will disappear into walking fully, wholeheartedly with you and what you've called me to do. Use me as you see fit. I am open to whatever that looks like, Lord.